We are excited to announce that we recently closed on a 12-unit apartment building in Hot Springs, Arkansas, that we are actually going to be converting to short-term rentals or Airbnbs. So in this episode, we're going to break down or take a look inside the numbers and the business plan on this deal. Welcome to Money Vision U. In this podcast, we are passionate about teaching the financial class you should have had in high school so you can learn how to fast track your financial freedom. If you want to learn how to make, manage, and multiply your money and see opportunities the way the wealthy do, then you came to the right place. I'm your host, Stuart Berryhill. Money Vision U, class in session. So a little bit about this deal to get started and how we found it. It had actually come on and off the market before. We had seen it on Zillow and it had come off Zillow because different people had gotten it under contract and then it had gone out of contract. And I remember the first time I had seen it, we were busy with getting a different deal. So the timing was difficult, but I thought, oh, that's an interesting property at that price. But twice the deal went under contract and then out of contract with buyers. And I knew that if it came up again, I would want to strike. I would want, I would want to go for it. So it did uh, obviously come up again. And I think we had an offer out within the day. Kind of had underwritten it before and was ready to try and take action. So moral of the story here is if you can act quickly because you know the numbers or what the returns will look like, then you'll increase your odds of getting the deal under contract if you can just be first to strike if you've kind of done some due diligence on the front end. Now, the reason the deal had gone in and out of contract, because you may be wondering that, why why are people offering for it and getting the offer accepted and then it's going back out of contract? What's happening? Well, the reason is because there's a really large amount of repairs needed, more than the buyers had thought from just pictures that the seller had posted on marketing websites like Zillow or whatnot. So the seller just really had not taken or has not taken good care of the property. And so there's a lot of deferred maintenance, a lot of leaks that hadn't been treated right that have led to worse damage and things like that. And letting tenants just kind of do whatever they want and not taking care of the repairs that are needed. But because it had gone in and out of contract, we were able to actually use the inspection report, which saved us some money that the prior potential buyer had used, which was very thorough. It took, I think it took them like two days to do it. So they had crossed their T's and dotted their I's. And while there's some or while there were some behind the wall issues that were definitely going to be need to be addressed, it was going to be mostly cosmetic. So there's a little bit of the backstory and just and just FYI, cosmetic is much cheaper than behind the walls of things like plumbing or foundation issues. That's where your cost for renovation can go through the roof. Cosmetic, not near as bad. But that's a little of the backstory. So Now let's take a look at the loan terms, get inside the numbers, and then we'll follow up with the business plan. For the loan, we ended up using the same lender who we we had built a relationship with, so they knew our Airbnb and short-term rental experience, and they were willing to loan to that. However, we were going to need about $300,000 to operate this deal, meaning to fund the deal for down payment and then the extra cost needed for design company, 
vacancy months since there's going to be a few months where it's not making any money as it's being as it's being renovated airbnb furniture and that cost and so on and so forth now we did not have this ourselves nor were we able to qualify for the deal ourselves so we ended up raising capital for this deal so just a reminder if you don't have the money that it takes to close on a deal you can always if the returns look good for investors you can look to raise that money and team up with other investors to tackle a deal. Now, this was a JV or joint venture deal, not a syndication deal, meaning everyone is considered active partners and has voting rights compared to a syndication where only the general partners have that responsibility as well as the liability. And then you have limited partners who are just passive investors. So for a JV deal, essentially you just create an LLC and each member of the LLC gets equity in the LLC or the business in proportion to their efforts slash money put into the deal. So we presented our business plan to investors with how much equity they would have in the deal based off how much they money they put into the deal. And some investors liked our presentation, liked what we had planned. So we teamed up with those people wanting to join and then sent the lender the info needed, like personal financial statements and tax returns and all the things they asked for and that are needed to qualify for the loan and then create the bank account. So that's some backstory on the loan. With the numbers, the purchase price that we had was $610,000 and an estimated $350,000 of repairs. So the total cost of the deal is that six ten dollars 350 which equals $960,000. And the all-important appraisal that always takes forever to get an appraiser to come out there and give you the appraisal report, which really backed up our timeline on this deal. But the appraisal came in above that $960,000, which we needed for us to get the full loan we were planning on. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it appraised for, because that's going to be, I guess, private information on this deal. But... The long story short is the appraisal came back higher than our cost, so we were able to get the loan that we wanted, and that is the lender gave us an 85 to 15 loan-to-cost loan, which totals $816,000 on the loan. So that math is basically they're going to lend 85% of the $960,000 cost, and then we have to put down 15% which is roughly $145,000 needed to close. So, or at least for the down payment, not to close necessarily, because you have the closing costs included. But the down payment of one forty-five dollars plus that $815,000 loan-ish amount totals to be your cost, which is $960,000. So we had that eighty-five to fifteen dollars loan to cost. The terms we got were a 25-year amortization, with a five-year term, so the interest rate that we have will balloon or change after five years, and our interest rate currently is 6.35% thanks to the rate hikes that have been happening, but that is about what we underwrote anyways because we were kind of expecting these rate hikes. And this is also what is called a recourse loan, meaning the bank is able to come after any personal assets if they are not getting their payments or if there's a foreclosure for any reason. The bank is able to recuperate its money. This compared to a non-recourse loan, where if you had to foreclose for whatever reason, then you just basically hand the bank your keys and they don't come after any of your personal assets. So 
much safer to have non-recourse, but a lot of local lenders don't offer a non-recourse loan. It also comes with 18 months of interest-only payments, and this basically makes our monthly payment drop, or it's less because there's no principal payment that we're having to make during those 18 months of interest-only. So that allows us to have a time frame to stabilize the property, get the property up and running, because remember, the first few months, we're not going to be making any money. So it's just vacancy that we have to pay for from the money that we raised at closing. So this gives us some time to get the property up and running and cash flowing. And I think those are all the significant loan terms. So yeah, I can't think of any other numbers that you might need to know there. But now let's look at the business plan. This has been a 12-unit apartment building and is a very old building, actually, almost 100 years old, but it's in a really nice location about a quarter of a mile from downtown. So you can walk to downtown, makes it a, a nice location. And remember, real estate is about location, location, location. I'm sure you've heard that before without listening to Money Vision You. But the reason the seller had not made it into Airbnbs, because that may be a question you were asking, why don't they go ahead and convert it themselves? is because of that cost for the reno renovation. $350,000, it's a lot of money. Not to mention the time and labor that it's going to take to be able to just make the renovation successful. So with the business plan and operating short-term rentals and Airbnbs, it's important to know what city regulations are in the place that you're buying your real estate. So to be able to operate Airbnbs in Hot Springs... We have to basically just make sure that it meets code because it's a commercial building being more than four units equals commercial building. So it doesn't have residential zoning requirements. Not going to get into the weeds too much on that, but we basically have to make sure it meets code and some things that makes it meet code would be it needs a sprinkler system, which is a good size cost. Inspection codes like windows being a certain size or uh, fire, uh, what's it called? Fire, not hydrant, fire extinguisher <laughs> in each of the units, things like that. It just has to meet the code that's required by the city. And then the city also charges an extra 3% advertising and promotion tax. But one thing that's nice about Hot Springs is the ordinances and the laws have actually been in place for a while because it's such a touristy area. So they kind of ran into some of these Airbnbs coming to the city before maybe other cities really started to see it kind of populate and take over their city. So they have more experience, and so they're going to be unlikely to change some of their ordinances and laws. But also, like I said, this is a commercial zoned building. It's really more the residential buildings, like a single family house, where you have to be really careful because a city may not even allow you to do Airbnbs, or they may have a limit of houses that can operate as Airbnbs or short-term rentals, like maybe only 1% of the houses in the city are allowed to operate as Airbnbs, and after that, no one else can. So that's a little about the city regulations. But going back to the building is 12-unit apartment building, so there are some tenants that we're going to have to move out who are on month-to-month -month leases, so their lease expires, we give them 30 days notice to move out, find another place to live. It's not a great place for them to live right now anyways because a lot of deferred maintenance they need to get to a safer location, I would say. And then some of the 12-month leases, which I think there's only two of them, uh, which helps because we can vacate the building quicker and get the renovation done quicker and kind of attack the rehab. For those two 
residents that were there on a 12-month lease, we are offering them what is called cash for keys. Basically meaning we will give them their security deposit back, as well as a month of rent to encourage or give incentive to move out in the next 30 days so we can fully attack the renovation process. With the renovation process, we are teaming up with a design company to help us out because while we've got a little bit of experience, this is a big project with investors. So we want to make sure that we are doing everything right here. And so partner with a group called ROI by Design, who will help with the interior and exterior design with the color scheme, our marketing avatar, furnishings, and getting a company to move the furniture in, etc. Things like that, which we think is going to be very necessary for a project like this. And with the rehab money, we're going to do things like pave the parking lot, add a sprinkler system to meet the code, replace window AC units with mini splits that look very nice, but that's very expensive as well. So that eats quite a bit into the 350000 already that we have budgeted for repairs. And then obviously fully renovate the interior with new floors, paint, bathrooms, cabinets, light fixtures, hardware, and so on. And then upgrade the exterior Give it a little pop. Give it a little curb appeal. That's basically what is, along with some of the fixing of the items on the inspection report, that's basically what the rehab money is going towards, which will obviously really help the property and upgrade it to be able to operate as almost like a little mini hotel. Also, with the numbers in our underwriting, we put base rates, meaning like a nightly rate, under $100, as well as an occupancy rate, of 60%, which we believe are both very conservative, and we believe that we can easily beat those projections, but we always like to, I guess, under-promise, over-deliver is kind of the motto, and just want to be conservative with our underwriting, don't want to be too bullish, and then have you know, maybe a recession hits that really hurts your underwriting, and you're not able to hit the numbers you projected. Well, you don't want to do that if you have investors' capital on the line, let alone your own capital on the line. You want to be conservative with your projections. And the reason we believe these are conservative is because if you look on a website like Airbnb, you can see all the other rentals in the area. And when you kind of zoom out a little bit on our location, there's not a single property in our area that's under $100 per night. So we think we can get higher than that. And then also, the 60%, we were looking at AirDNA, who basically gives you data on short-term rentals in your market. And there's it says 60% for Hot Springs, but Hot Springs is weird because you have a lot of lake houses and things like that that are more seasonal. This is not going to be as seasonal of a touristy location because with Hot Springs, you have so many other things to do besides go to the lake in the summer. And this is going to be able to accommodate those being in a good downtown location. For the investors, we are hoping to get their capital back in two to four years, so 24 to 48 months, and then they can use that capital for whatever else. But we will either be returning capital just through strong enough cash flow. If the deal cash flow is like crazy, then they may get their capital back just from the cash flow, and then we don't ever have to refinance, which means we keep our lender payment lower and cash flow higher, or we can look to, once we've added enough value to the property because we've raised the net operating income, and you hopefully have heard our 
Money Vision U episode talking about net operating income and cap rate, showing how we value these commercial properties. But if we've raised the value of the property enough, then we can essentially refinance at a high enough value and get uh, investors' capital back, redistribute that to them, and then hold the deal indefinitely and just let the cash flow keep coming. So at that point, if there's no money invested into a deal because it was all refunded, so to speak, through a refinance, but it's still cash flowing and you still have your equity in the deal, then that's essentially called infinite return because you have no money in the deal, but it's still making you money. That's what they call infinite return. So we are off to a good start with our renovation, already started the demo process, and we believe we're going to be able to have this thing up and running by 2023 and be doing great things for our investors. So we're super excited for this deal, operating the deal, and also just the before and after pictures that are going to come with this deal. It was another down-to-the-wire close, literally the last day possible, so always get every day possible in a contract that you can because the different things that slowed us down was the appraisal was really slow and backed us up. It took us a while to get the bank account open. Like We only actually had one day where the bank account was open to where we could get the money wired in, which was the day before, so that was kind of nerve-wracking, but made it happen, and now we feel like we've got a great deal. And fun fact... There's actually a 16-unit property, comp property or comparable property, that is renovated and furnished just a mile from ours that was just put on the market for $183,000 per door. And remember, our purchase price plus rehab is $960,000. So you divide that by 12, and that's $80,000 per door. So we believe that we bought this property at a nice discount. And hopefully this episode of taking a look inside the numbers, breaking those down, and breaking down the business plan, added value, and help define some financial literacy terminology, which in turn will help you sharpen your money vision so you can learn to see opportunities like these for yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Vision You. If this is something that added value to you, then please subscribe, leave a review, and share. We are passionate about teaching financial literacy so you can learn to take control of your financial future. If you want to learn more, then follow us on social media platforms at MoneyVisionU. We look forward to catching you in the next class.